0: You can always temper your opinion to create a greater space for people to come and be able to talk because that's what we've lost and if we lose this if you lose the ability to one get to a table and actually have a legitimate discussion but two you've lost any ability to concede right and then three you've lost any ability to all agree on a particular fact that can be the beginning point of a conversation then the only alternative is your your fine war
1: How's it going, everybody? Tom here from Dad Strong on a nice rainy morning on the 8th of July, bringing you another episode of our interview show. Really stoked at another great guest and uh, just amazing the type of guests that we've had on the show. I really recommend sharing this with as many dads as possible and giving a listen to some of the old shows. You know, we've got guys like Bert Soren, Brandon Lilly. we got ex-Navy SEAL working for Echelon Front, Jason Gardner. We've also had pro surfers like Rob Machado, Taylor Knox, and not so long ago also Bedros Kulian And I think the types of conversations we're having here, the candid nature of it is really something that can really help you to reflect on yourself and become a better father. And that's what we hear about is becoming stronger in our body, stronger in our minds, and then stronger in our characters. And uh, as we can see in the world right now, that's really important for us to be those kind of men for our families and for our children. You know, I've heard about some dads talking about how their children during the COVID uh, uh, situation have been becoming depressed and anxious and I've been looking to my kids and it's been quite the opposite and I think us as parents we really you know we transfer our fears we transfer our anxiety and um, we lead by example you know and I think it's really important for us to understand the importance of stepping up and being those dads that really model resilience and endurance and calm in the storm and you never know when another storm's coming on anyway I don't want to ramble on about that because I want to get on to our guest today who is none other than David Rutherford and David is an internationally known motivational speaker best-selling author world championship performance coach and award-winning podcast host in fact uh, i wonder what he hasn't really done um, he spent eight years in a naval special warfare community he was a navy seal operator combat paramedic, instructor during his time in the teams and uh, since leaving the seals he's also continued to hone his skills as a international training and curriculum specialist for blackwater He's also was recruited by the CA, which he talks about in the show today, uh, We served as a training and security specialist, deploying many times overseas in high-threat environments. Uh, since um, leaving his uh, service, he has um, gone on to become one of the most sought-after motivational speakers in the country, uh, averaging over 50 events a year. He's also written several training books, and uh, in recent years, he expanded his behavioral training and performance coaching to individuals and teams, which also included uh, notably the Uh, World Series champions of 2018, the Boston Red Sox, uh, linked to uh, the owners of Liverpool, my soccer team, and he's also uh, reached over 25 million people around the world. Uh, David and I have an awesome conversation that spans from his childhood and how he became a SEAL. We also discussed how people take offense so easily these days and how we need to be able to have conversations, as you mentioned in a little clip that 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 we put at the beginning of the show. We also talk about history and how societies have a propensity for eventually destroying each other and how we need to learn from that history uh david and i have such a wide-ranging and really fascinating and entertaining conversation i hope you guys enjoy it give it a listen let us know what you think check us out on instagram facebook uh, yeah and connect with us and And as i said most importantly share this podcast with as many dads and men as possible enjoy guys david rutherford I am really stoked to have you on the podcast. I'm stoked you said yes. Um, just a little background, how I got to know you. Before Jocko, before anything, even before Soul Survivor, you and Marcus Latrell were on a podcast called The Art of Charm, I think, with Jordan Harbinger. And That's that was right. the first time that I kind of listened to Navy SEALs other than just hearing about it. I mean, I'm a South African boy, so obviously we heard about the Navy SEALs, always shrouded in mystery. And then we heard about you guys and... Um, I love that, man. And I just love the way that you big up him. That whole, uh, that whole podcast was really like a, a brotherly vibe and threw a whole new spin on Navy SEALs. And now, and now it's quite common to, to see Navy SEALs in the spotlight.
0: It really is. And thanks, you know, Tom, so much for having me on. I really appreciate that. And thank you, Jordan, again for, I mean, he's just got this massive presence and and we were so lucky to be able to have him on and then he had us on. And it's just, he's a really great guy. I love that dude a, a ton. Um, you know, I've been doing this. I've been doing what I do since about 2006 way before everybody else uh, had had come out and then the the explosion really happened after yeah. the bin Laden raid right in 2011 and that's where it got crazy and then in the last 5 years is where it's just blown up where i mean there are some 70 last count i had was like 73 navy seal speakers uh i wow. think there are there are 5 podcasts that i know of that are in the top one uh, top 200 of society and culture on apple there i mean obviously jacko's is massive but annie stumps uh, yeah. marcus is the team team never quit is still up there my friend sean ryan's in the top 100 mike ritland's in the top 100 i mean it's just i it's just people i guess have a tendency to hear a bunch of knuckle draggers talk about stuff
1: but what do you think it is about it that really like kind of captures the imagination? Because I have to admit, for me, that since I've kind of grabbed hold of it, I mean, I do seal fit, you know, Mark Divine Seal Fit training. I, Love, I listen Mark. to you. I listen to obviously I listen to Jocka. I follow these guys, and there just is something about it. What do you think it is?
0: I, I think the easiest way to describe it is we are all as human beings searching for some type of information that we can apply in our lives. Uh, that makes us better right everybody from the first moment you in any kind of constructive educational environment you know you, you're you're looking for things that are going to enhance you and f- kind of what we I think have um, kind of cornered the market on is toughness right and yeah, yeah. and and resilience uh, well, not so much resilience but toughness we can endure what most people can't even dream of and and for some reason that creates this mysticism that uh, you can only have this if you're you're a navy seal or a green beret or an sas or you know the old you know people from your neck of the woods man some of the hardest human beings in in history fighters from down in your area man just and and i think people are you know one if you can, if you, I think the real challenge is why would anybody in their right mind want to go to war first is the, is the, is the real question. And then people that do make that just really existential decision, how do they get to a place where they're the best at it? And I think that fascinates people.
1: Yeah. And how did you get into it? Like, what was your background that led you to, to actually choose that path? Cause that that in itself is, is a pretty intense decision to make in your life.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was the most difficult decision I ever had to make in my life. It was a necessity. My my whole life was, was athletics. I, you know, from the time I was, you know, my mom's a former state champion tennis player back in the day and athletics has always been massive. And so I started playing football at four years old. And so my dream was to play football in college. And it didn't happen the way I wanted. I didn't get any division one big school offers, right? Uh, Like uh, Penn State, or I ended up going to Penn State to play lacrosse there. And I figured I'd try and walk on the team um, and continue playing football. That was my dream. But the freshman quarterback, my freshman year, was a guy named Cary Collins, who was the best quarterback in Penn State's history. <laughs> you know, sixteen seasons in the NFL. This guy was six foot five two. You know, he had an eighty-yard ball on a throw. I mean, he was a specimen. And here I am. You know, six foot, one hundred and sixty-five pounds, soaking wet. I had a big arm. I, I could throw the ball about seventy-five yards. But I ran like a five-two 40, and I was slow. Um, and I just couldn 't compete physically on that on their level, and so that failure I had never prepared myself just just catapult me catapulted me into this uh, really substantial uh, depression for oh, four wow. years and uh, you know abusing alcohol drugs uh, was suicidal on multiple occasions and then you know had my first real big god moment of my life and decided to change my life and I what had happened is I'd lost all, I'd become so overwrought with fear and the fear of failure that I'd lost all my self-confidence. And, and, and I, when I look back on my life, every time that I was in a healthy space was when I was part of a team, regardless, we were winning or losing, just being on a team made me better. And so I said, all right, what's the way I'm, what's the most extreme incredible team there is in the world. And, and, and can I, can I be a part of that team and stand side by side with other people like me that are wondering this? And that's when I decided to drop out and, and, uh, and, and join the Navy and, and had, you know, I was interested in military things as a kid, but no military people in a family, Hmm. no, you know, way back in history. You know, I had a a, a, a distant relative who was a general in Theodore Roosevelt's cabinet. Um, But that was it, man. Everybody else is a frigging lawyer in my life, you know? And (laughs) There was no way I was going to be a lawyer, and and this made this was the decision on the path I went down to try and re- recuperate all of those uh, things that I I thought would benefit me as a person.
1: Yeah, are you allowed to say Theodore Roosevelt anymore? Is that still? Uh, I I you know we'll find out if I, I I
0: posted I posted a black square a few weeks ago yes. um it, to really say hey you know, to all my African-American brothers, and I didn't know what it meant. I just said, hey, this is a time to show I our solidarity. And and man, I didn't post any hashtags. Just the square to say, this is atrocious. We need to stick up for this. Man, I lost 500. I lost I 500 followers. That, I
1: saw that. I commented In on minutes, that. And so I know. Like, and I was like, what? <laughs>
0: But but that's that's we we don't know anymore. We don't know what we're, we're in this strange period that happens, um, you know, when we're going through major social changes in, in our existence and civilization. I think everybody is uh, hyper afraid uh, and also uh, hyper critical of one another.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's really fascinating for me. I mean, I don't know if you know, I'm I'm from South Africa, so Cape Town, born and bred, but I live in Germany. So I'm actually located in, in Germany, and obviously we see everything on the news. So I was actually fascinated to talk to you because I have seen a few of those posts, and it's funny because it's almost like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation where it's so hard these days, especially as a white male. Let's face it, a white male in our 40s, which I'm assuming you are as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to actually even have a, have, a, have a say because it doesn't matter what you say. It's just going to be people that – I don't know what it is about humans, and I kind of want to relate this to being a Navy SEAL and going through buds and going through hardship and being resilient. There seems to be such a lack of that. It's like people, they don't even need to go through something hard. They just have to have someone say something they don't like, and they just lose their, their shit, and, and suddenly it's like lambast somebody. It, it,
0: it, we're in we're in strange times, Um. and uh, in- – you know, I mean, there's been amazing quotes. Uh, One of my, you know, the quote by Ben Franklin back in the day, you know, is, you know, essentially, you know, once you get to a place where everything offends you and you give up your liberty, you know, next thing you know is war. And if you're not willing to fight for what you believe in, uh, then, you know, really bad things happen. And I probably just butchered that Ben Franklin concept. But uh, yeah. wow. but when you, I mean, l- you know, look at what's going on, and it's not. This is not isolated. That's what. That's what I, you know, try and enable get people to wrap their minds around You know, I've traveled all over the world. Mm. Uh, um, by the way, I love Cape Town. One of my oh, favorite yeah. places on earth, man. Just such a beautiful city. Love down by the water there. Stayed there. Uh, 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 in my my first honeymoon, I went on with my ex wife. Uh, just beautiful Uh, absolutely loved it down there um and you know but every every civilization every society throughout history and you can pick any time you want right just you know what fourth century yeah fourth century rome uh the peloponnesian wars 27 years long any time in history and you're gonna see that we have a very strong propensity for destroying each other Mm. and for for not allowing differences in cultures to 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 work together and 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 whether it's just that racism or bigotry is innate in the human condition or is it really just this sensation of power and i've probably a little bit of both so it, it we're it's and it always seems to come back around right after we we get a little bit complacent uh we we i mean because if, if and what kind of cracks me up is when you hear people on the news now not, uh, and people are saying this is the most extreme time in history and you know you're just like wait a minute what about yeah. the holocaust
1: yeah, well, yeah. i was yeah. just reading um victor frank actually a moment i'm reading victor frankl's uh, Man search for meaning yes how are you is this your first time reading it i've read part of it but this is the first time i'm really delving into it like properly yeah H- how are you doing with it so far
0: how's it affecting you
1: I've just started. I mean, I live in Germany and my kids are half German and my wife is German. So it's very interesting. This this country has obviously come a long way from that. and And it's quite interesting, but it's just one of those things. It's just, that exact thing I've been thinking. I mean, that's the Holocaust. I was even thinking further back of just – I also am reading – I read a lot of books at the moment. Yeah. I'm reading Gates of Fire by Stephen Pressfield. Yeah, another and, wonderful but, book. But it's exactly what you talk about. You look at how extreme situations these guys – what type of training they went through. I think they maybe – even Bud's wasn't as hard as the Spartans training. The no, no that we're here. Through, you know? to the gogi. I mean, yeah. imagine
0: being nine years old, brother, yeah. and your dad's like, all right <laughs> – but kiss your mom goodbye and let's go become a man. Mm. And, and your first day on, at the job, everybody that in your group beats the holy living snot out of you. And they keep beating you until you learn to fight back. Yeah. I mean, think about that culture and what that does too. Mm. And, and, and in every culture throughout history, we've had some fashion of that in terms of uh, a producing uh, a collective group that is willing to wage war on. on the populace's behalf and so that requires another level of 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 conditioning right another a level of of willingness uh to be, be able to essentially sacrifice everything for the betterment betterment of the people around you
1: yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting for me because even talking, it's like, like one of these things. You put a podcast out there, you wonder what you can say, what you can't say, what you have to have as a little disclaimer before. I mean, so many podcasts already where I was talking about masculinity, I've even had to like do these disclaimers, and it's it, it's it's kind of like you are you are kind of slaughtered or shamed for what you aren't saying, and then you go, but I'm not saying that I don't believe in that. I'm just saying this thing, you know. And one of the things I've been thinking is exactly that about how history has developed and how far we've actually come in the last while. Now, I'm not saying that what is happening in the world is not right, uh, is, is right. And I definitely think that things need to change. And I think there's a way to make them change. But I, I don't know if you agree with me. I just think hate and reverse hate, because I come from South Africa. I come from apartheid, where Nelson Mandela, and the funny is, this is a very interesting observation yeah, I've made I'm, I'm
0: very curious as to what you feel about this.
1: Well, the thing, first thing I find is interesting is white people are quoting Martin Luther King and are quoting Nelson Mandela now. Because both of them are saying, hang on guys, nobody should be hating anybody. And it doesn't matter. For me, if I look at South Africa, I know that it needed to move forward. They needed to have um, affirmative action, black economic empowerment. You needed to get these people up. But the fact of the matter is that the country only moves forward and will be its best because it's not its best now. And it definitely is moving it's not well more wealthy. It isn't better off people in general on wealth. The crime is like rampant crime against women and children is out of hand that they actually got this hashtag. All men are trash. Basically men are trash. And um, I see my ex students that I'm a teacher posting these things about how these violent crimes. And you ask yourself, well, is that because of hate? Is that because there is this resentment? And I know why there's resentment. And I totally get why people be angry with us and why people look at my white face and say, well, screw that guy. And, but for me, I want to move to a solution. Like I want to move to a place where we can actually be where we can actually move forward. And I just don't see that happening with a now a new push towards hate or aggression or resentment. I don't think making excuses or blaming someone else for anything is ever gonna help any individual.
0: I, I completely agree. And and if we get to the point now where where opinions are, are literally your your place in society economically you're you're castrated because of of your potential ideas or beliefs and you're canceled because of it is 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 pretty insane and you're right it is it's reverse racism it's reverse hatred whatever How it's just hatred and racism itself uh you know and I think we're you know this will it's the extremes right we live in so societies have a profound consistency of, of acting like pendulums, right?
1: Mm, uh, swinging
0: yeah. one way to the other, right? We, we go up to see how far and most of that is driven by the desire for power and pushing those things as far as possible before the people say, ah, this sucks. And then it starts coming back around the other <laughs> way. Right. And that's just, that's just historical fact right there. And maybe uh, we're in one of those times. I, I you know, I don't believe we are because, you know, I, I look at I look at. One, I, I I recognize the power of propaganda now more than ever. Mm. Um, uh, I've seen propaganda work all around the world. You know, working for the Central Intelligence Agency, oh, you yeah. you ha- you gain some pretty critical insight on on some the truth behind the scenes and what's going on. But uh, I I also recognize that. Um, you know, it's it's getting more and more difficult uh, for people to speak from the heart, yeah. to, to say what they honestly believe because they don't want to be uh, 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 eviscerated in the public in the public eye. Per- you know, I one of the funny things is, man, and all my buddies, everybody, everybody, like I did a, a piece, uh, I did a Zoom kind of fun call with a couple other buddies of mine, seal buddies, uh, Rob O'Neill. Mike Ritland and Sean Ryan, all you know, big platforms out there, and and we got on there and, and laughable. Mike Ritland, who has a huge podcast called Mike Drop, he was like, uh, "Rut man, you you are you are freaking Switzerland, man. You're always you're always you're never picking a side. You're always Mister Positive. I think you're full of shit, you know." And and I'm like I'm like you know I I no I I mean I've got strong opinions on things. It's just I agree with you. I think. You know, you, you can always temper your opinion to create a greater space for people to come and be able to talk because that's what we've lost. And if we lose this, if you lose the ability to, one, get to a table and actually have a legitimate discussion, but two, you've lost any ability to concede, right? And then three, you've lost any ability to all agree on a particular fact that can be the beginning point of a conversation. Mm then the only alternative is you're 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 gonna find you know war. I mean that's yeah. what happens. And and what's even crazier to me is this is our third go round on this, right? We 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 actually almost we annihilated over six hundred thousand Americans, north and south, from eighteen, you know, sixty yeah. to eighteen sixty five, where where we had carnage unlike you know the world had seen before. I mean, you know, The Battle of Gettysburg, 53,000 casualties, right? I mean, insane amounts of death. And then fast forward and the the civil rights movement of the early 60s and late 60s, 68, after Martin Luther King was assassinated, the riots in 13 major cities, you know, billions in dollars, which would be probably trillions nowadays number. And and now we, we didn't learn anything from that. Now we're coming back. And my problem is, Uh, you know is wanting to make sure uh listen um because i i and i I tried this on my facebook page and i'm trying this i'm saying hey and i'm inviting everybody both sides give me your research that you're quoting give me your facts that you're quoting and then tell me 10 solutions and i'm trying to compile all this in a way that's healthy and no name calling or whatever back and forth and and Every time someone posts within three or four posts, someone's calling them out, calling them an asshole. So I, I, you know, I'm keeping the faith. I'm going to go with it about another two or three weeks and then, (laughs) and then I'm going to do a show on, on what happened, but it's tough. It's tough. We're in it. We're in a tough time.
1: Yeah. But the thing is, it's very interesting. Like doing this podcast has been an interesting experience for me because I first said, I want to have this dad podcast and I want to go full time and I want to blah, blah, blah. Okay, no, not that that's bad because I think that helping dads and helping myself. But the more that I've spoken to guys, whether it be you, whether it be other Navy Seals that I've had on, whether it be a transgender dad, or it be other teachers, or just random guys, or professional surfers who I've had recently, um, we so we have so much in common, man, and we are so much more alike than different. And it's so ridiculous that somehow, you know. The media wants to kind of tell us that we're so different and we are on different sides of things. And I'm not, I'm not minimizing what has happened in South Africa and apartheid. Shocking, okay. A different time. I had nothing. I didn't, I was 12 when it ended. I have been a teacher of people from all over South Africa. Got awesome relationship with everybody. And 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 if I say I actually taught kids of color and these kind of things, and in South Africa we have different terms for everything. And but I I I just go, why is everybody trying to push down the race card with everything? I go to university. I'm like, hey, can I fill out African here? They're like, no, you have to fill out whites. I'm like, but I'm born here. My dad was born here. No, I can't do it. I'm like, so they, they're keeping tags of these racist threats all the time. And I just, you know, it doesn't matter who they are, what your skin color is. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole. If you're a great person, you're a great person. And at the end of the day, yes, all these things happen. But at the end, when it comes down to brass tacks, you know, I know that if someone just takes responsibility for their life, tries the hardest, and if you look at wonderful guys like Nelson Mandela, And Martin Luther King, what great men they became because of the adversity. Now, this is maybe a little bit controversial, but sometimes I think when someone has a setback in their life, I know me, the setbacks I have in my life have made me greater than I would have been if I had it easy. And like guys like Mandela to come out of apartheid, to go to prison, to go through what he did and then come out and say, hang on, everybody, let's stop treating each other because of our color and stuff. To think what a great man he became. That is the message that I... I'm living myself through my divorce, like you, through custody battles, through my son almost dying, through coming wow. from a poor family and having to work as a teacher, full-time earning $50 a month. Um, you know, Those are the things that form me. So now here I'm sitting, having developed these, this resilience, these, this endurance. I didn't go to Bud's, which I probably should have. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? And it can be seen in that light. And what I want is, or what I would love to see is that people start recognizing? Yes, it's been tough, but you actually have an opportunity now to either get angry with that white guy on a podcast in Germany who's forty-two saying whatever, or you have an opportunity to go like David Goggins, you know, like fuck all this shit. I'm gonna fucking be the hardest motherfucker that ever lived. And excuse the I have to make <laughs> no, this. That, uh, I have to make this. A that's literally podcast.
0: the. That's literally the way Dave would put it every yeah. time.
1: So yeah, but. And that's the thing is like, what helps us? What is going to help us to come over this? Or are we going to see communism come back? Are we going to see 1984 um, come into reality? Or are we going to actually say, hang on, shut down the media. Calm down, everybody. We actually love each other at the, at, at the bottom of this. And we can.
0: <laughs> well, I agree. And everything you just said is, is all palpable right now. And, it, and, it's, and we have right to worry right? I mean, you can, again, I, you know, my reference that I typically go to is I just say, look at history. History doesn't lie, right? Yeah. Now, you know, to the victor of the spoils, many, many, a lot of times I think people have gone in and, and tried to rewrite history so it better suits them. Uh, we're seeing a little bit of that right now, uh, right? With this nonsense of pulling down statues right. uh, and, and tearing them down. And, and I can understand the rage. I can understand wanting to do it, but when you cross over and you, you're, you're pulling down a statue of the guy, the very guy that, you know, led the charge against slavery in terms of Ulysses S. Grant in, yes. in, in, in San Francisco. Are they doing that? Oh, yeah. They ripped the, the, a statue. And, and Ulysses S. Grant, one of the greatest yeah. advocate for equality in human history. Uh, I mean, when you think about the sacrifices that he and the Union Army made for you know the end of slavery, it's 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 it's, it's very difficult to have metrics in any other position or any other place in the world where someone was willing to face uh, an institutional or a, a cultural uh, a reality such as slavery. and And by the way, if you spend five seconds researching slavery, you know, slavery has been a part of the human condition since day one, right? And it's been in every country, everywhere, all around the world, and still very much present in many places. Look mm, at the human yeah. trafficking craziness going on around the world right now. That's mm. essentially slavery, these poor young girls especially. Yeah. Um, and so when you start to see that and you see, um, you know, what, what is supposed to be a truth, right and and grant the representation of Grant as a man who who went to war not just shortly but for a long mm-hmm. time uh, where you know one in sixteen Americans you know were affected by the civil or, or casualties of the Civil War, that's a major sacrifice. but when you tear him down as a representation because he he because of his his marriage and his, and his, and his, yeah. his, his you know his father-in-law had slaves he had one slave and he freedom eventually let's tear him down too so you start to live in this place where all right well how what are the facts we can agree on and sam harris did this beautiful podcast uh, just the other day on the brink or pulling back from the brink and very calmly and very uh, uh soothingly very rationally says if we don't get back to a place where conversation and the facts matter, then history is it guarantees us that we're going to start stacking bodies again. And that's just the way we do it. Mm. So I agree with you. I think there's a lot more people in the world that want peaceful resolution, that want to work out. Because here's the one thing that I've seen, and this is huge. And no matter where I was, whether it was working in Afghanistan and South Africa or Mexico or anywhere I've ever been, man you know, the one unifying characteristic that we all can agree on is pain, right? Going through a divorce is painful. Mm. Uh, go losing a loved one is painful. Uh, having your children be sick, incredibly painful, right? Um, um, losing your job, uh, all these struggles in life, mental health issues, addiction issues, all these things are, are, painful but it's it doesn't matter what the color your skin doesn't matter where you're from or your history or your your religion man pain is pain and and that's something we can all get on board with and so i think what we need to do right now is we need to have some some you know leaders regardless of, of 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 who thinks what about them to at least say we are going to generate a forum. We're going to sit down and we're going to address this and we're going to let everybody speak their piece. We're going to let everybody say what they want. And then we're going to go through all this and come up with a plan.
1: But is there a vacuum in leadership? You know, I mean, looking from across the pond here, you know, we've got Angela Merkel and i I must say, I'm pretty impressed with how Germany's run and how she comes across and there's no ego. There's just this woman that gets shit done. Is she perfect? No. You know, we had a lot of, we have obviously had the refugee crisis here, which, which was, which was good. You know, in the end of the day we recovered and and we are fine having all those refugees. And and I, I, you know, whatever happens from that, people can have their own opinion on that. But in the States who are the leaders of the world in a lot of things or have been, it looks like from this side that it's disintegrating a bit, the leadership or the image of America in the last while, especially. And I don't know, it just seems like there's a bit of a vacuum in real leadership that is going to, that is going to do something to kind of make the changes that we need to see. So
0: the question that I always start with is and this is something that I get quite a bit you know is is what do you think about the politics of the situation that we're in and and quite frankly I'm I'm appalled by both parties I mean it's yeah. it's we've we've gotten to a place where people are willing to do absolutely anything to remain in power and you know my my thing is is all right you know let's go and let's evaluate the individual themselves and let's evaluate their their pros and cons let's evaluate all right uh george bush hit this incredibly horrific time that uh everybody was uh, uh, experiencing which was the 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 substantial rise in radical fascist islamic terrorism right and and got hit hard we took the big most devastating hit we'd ever had since world war ii and what did he do he, he said well guess what we're coming to get you you know you punch us that hard and we're gonna hunt you down no matter what and we did and we it took us 10 years but we ended up getting osama bin laden that was closure for a lot of people but you know luckily what we recognize this time is that if we go in and we disrupt a culture or society of people we want to try and 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 help them rebuild and and get back to some type of footing that might work as exactly what we did in Japan and Germany, right? We didn't bail out. We stayed in. And can you imagine what would have happened to Germany if we did bail out what what Russia would have done to it? Right. Mm. So, you know, we, is it, is it easy to do things? Hell no. But as a result of those experience with George Bush, Obama came in and said, you know, Hey, listen, world, we, you know, you know, we did this for a reason. Let's start working together, and let's start doing let's start doing this. And brought back some faith, and brought back this. And you know, but meanwhile, what nobody is talking about is that he amped up drone strikes more than any other play at time. I mean, he had more drone strikes. I and mean, I I work for the man uh, in the intelligence world, so I know what was going on. Um, uh, you know, also he brokered kind of sh- some shady deals with the Iranian and their nuclear program, right? And 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 so you know now all of a sudden we get this guy who comes in because uh, you know out of nowhere, and he says he's going to change politics as we know it,
1: and, and even
0: and and even prior to him getting in office, you know there's there's essentially they weaponized politically our law enforcement agency, the FBI, to create. You know, fake documents to go get warrants to spy on that campaign, which was funded by the Hillary Clinton campaign. So, you know, I, I don't know, man. Power, absolute power corrupts people absolutely. Hmm. And so, my my issue right now is is listen, um, get off Twitter. You know, that'd be my first, <laughs> yeah, please. My first, my first <laughs> piece of advice, because every time the guy puts something out on Twitter, it just exacerbates it even more. So, please get off Twitter. The, then the second thing is is a hey, you know get out there and 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 start having these you know these forums with people start listening, invite people to the white house and and you know there's been some of this in congress we've had some some pretty good forums, but you know you also look at the main thing in this social revolution is is uh, you know the the estimation that the police are there's systemic systemic racism within our police departments. And the facts just don't show that. They just don't prove that that's the reality. And the 1,000 people that were killed by police officers last year, right, uh, there were more white people killed than there were black people. And, 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 and you got to imagine this. There's there 60 million contacts by police last year. 60 million contacts, 10 million arrests. Think about it, 10 million arrests, right, and only 1,000 people were, were killed by the cops. Now, if you're one of those family members or whatever, then you're going to hate me for saying this. But when you look at overall statistics, that's one in 10,000. And many of those cases were justifiable killings. They were good shoots of people trying to kill the police. And when you break it down, it was about 50 people were unarmed when a police officer shot them. And it was more white people were shot by unarmed, unarmed than, than black people, right? So is there such a thing as systemic racism within police uh, um I don't know it, the nuances of of policing in high crime areas very difficult so I've been trying to figure that out right I'm and the people I'm having on trying to assess if it's real if it's out there yeah, if yeah. it's not. so you know I don't know man it's this is a very very challenging complicated thing that we're facing in society but again if we can't sit down and agree on some facts, yeah, that's the thing. And, and my last little point is, you know, uh, Senator uh, uh, T- uh, Tim Scott from South Carolina, African-American guy, brilliant guy, has led the charge in police reform for the last X amount of years. Uh, he presented a police reform bill. And uh, in the Senate and, and the, the, the minority in the Senate, they filibustered him. So they couldn't even get a vote on it. And then came out in the press saying, Hey, you know, this is ridiculous. He didn't even attempt to call. Well, you know, it's proven immediately that he did talk to Cory Booker. He talked to uh, Kamala Harris. He, you know, he said, Hey, if, if you have, if you're good with 70% of what's in here and there's 30% you're not, let's talk and let's get mm. a bill on the floor." And it was a good bill. I read the bill and it's a good start, but it didn't even get to the floor because it's, it's, it's an election year. So, mm. you know, that's what you, in all of this, when whoever is at the table, you know, the hard part is to, to put your political driver off to the side and really get in to do the work. And, and I think one of the places we're seeing some very interesting things is within our Supreme Court decisions that are happening lately. Mm. I, I think we're seeing, you know, the the Supreme Court justice in particular, um, you know, uh, um, the chief justice in his decision on the LGBT thing um, uh, in the work environment. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, but there's a part of me that like, what about religious schools? Do they, do they if someone, to, you know, if they don't believe in it, are they forced to have them live with them or, you know, what's the deal? So there's a lot of gray areas and everything. But what I what I what is is scary and positive in the same breath is that our judicial system is now because of the backlog in Congress, the people that are supposedly that we elected to solve through these problems rationally, <laughs> politely, yeah. uh, with, with uh, uh, respect for one another because it's the highest form of, of what we hold true, which is this democratic process of the republic that we live in that they can't even talk anymore. So what's next? I mean, you're leaving, the, you're leaving people no options. And when, when when you're all out of options, what do people do? They start stacking bodies.
1: Hmm, but I think uh, it seems so dis- disingenuous. I mean, I saw Joe, uh, Joe Biden the other night suddenly wearing a mask at a conference, press conference, when no one was around him all of a sudden because I think that the Republicans didn't want to wear them. So then he was talking with it on and I was going, Brew, it's hard to hear what you're saying and now you're all of a sudden doing it. Isn't that interesting? And that's, and that's the mistrust that I, kind of the rest of the world have with these politicians. And yeah, I mean... Looking at the American, I don't want to get into the political political discussions because, as you say, it's one of those things that someone could be listening now and go, oh, he's talking him, he's dissing Joe Biden." I don't want to listen anymore. But you know, yeah. what I mean? when you're looking at it, just it's the politics and the whole leadership, and that's what I mean. Is like there's so many great leaders that I see on with guys like yourself, with Jocko, with Ryan Mickler, with with Bert Soren, and with Bradley. I can rattle them off. I've spoken. I've had the honor of speaking to these guys on my podcast. There's so many excellent men that I've spoken to, and and many that I haven't. You just think like. How does this rise to the top? How do we as a society start letting these voices being louder? And and how do we help people to listen to them? Because unfortunately, because of this prejudice almost against white men now, no one wants to listen to a white guy with a beard. Wow. And also nobody, you know, nobody
0: in their right mind would want to get into politics right now. I mean, your, your family's literally in jeopardy. You're putting your family's lives in jeopardy. You're, Mm -hmm. You're, you're altering the trajectory of what otherwise would be a normal pathway of existence for your children, whatever normal is they, but at least they, they won't have the insane scrutiny that politicians yeah. have right now. Mm. You know, there's a lot of up and comers. Like I, I have profound respect for Tulsi Gabbard. I think she's saying some really amazing things. Uh, I need, think she needs a little bit more time to uh, mature in terms of how, uh, uh federal funding works and congressional funding works uh and 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 if we can better figure out how to have some solutions with some of our programs that would work uh, I, I love dan Crenshaw fellow team guy who's oh, yeah, yeah. out there who 's really making some sense and things like hey wait a minute that you 're portraying this completely inaccurately, and what you have essentially is is you have you know, there's what, what are the what i mean it 's always like what are the institutions that we depend on that keep us uh, in, a, in, a, in a cognitive space or consciousness of safety, right? What are, the, what are the absolute institutions that we have to make sure are good, right? One, our election process. That has to be secure. If, if any way, shape, or form that falls into doubt or jeopardy, forget it you know society will unravel then number two is how are we going to police ourselves what are the set group what are the set laws internationally and domestically that we all agree on that we're going to live by and then you know ultimately when people break these laws how how do we prosecute them the justice system if your if your justice system becomes corrupt that breaks down people's ability to assess whether or not it 's fair and i 'll tell you, man, having gone through it uh with my divorce man i I was vilified in my divorce uh, by the judge uh, mm-hmm. because somehow I was wrong when you know that wasn 't the case and 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 um you know and I felt you know in in a very short amount of time i I'd, I'd spent tens of thousands of dollars trying to make sure just like you, that I get my children at minimum of 50% of the time. And, you know, and that's it. And, and yeah. that's what, what I found was just, and and I'll never forget uh, my first lawyer. I remember saying, I'm looking at him and I'm going, you know, we were had some arguments about how much I should pay and all this. I remember saying to him, man, I go, this is morally corrupt. This is ridiculous. And he goes, Hey man, there is no morality in family law. <laughs> and I was like, Say that again? There's no morality in family law. He's like, yeah, it's essentially a business deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how is that possible that our 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 system has gone to the place where morality doesn't play a role in governance? And I think that's what we're seeing.
1: Mm.
0: We're, we're seeing a decrease of these very fundamental constructs of morality across the board. Uh, And that's what's bringing us down to a place where we're not able to stay in a elevated space of intellectualism to where conversation can ultimately find resolution. We're just that's what happens, man, when people get get into that space.
1: Do you think there's like I mean, if you look at the Navy SEALs, you guys went through like a rites of passage. And I talk about this quite often because it's something that I didn't get to experience. We like our cutoff of uh, our national service. You normally had to go for two years. I think Mm -hmm. I missed it by two years. And I was like, yes, awesome. And now I'm like, damn, I wish I had done that because I think that this rite of passage is missing. And I think a lot of guys, a lot of people um, are just not going through any kind of hardship anymore. It's basically like a life is made so easy that it's eventually made so hard because they can't handle anything. And all I'm seeing, at the moment is a bunch of people that are getting emotional. And hey, I've been an emotional guy and I've not been in control of my emotions. And that's what I've been working on and using you guys and seal fit and all these things, stoicism and all the books I read to kind of go through that thing at the age of 40, whatever to to do that. But it's 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 so clearly missing in the youth of today. And it's so clearly missing in how people are parenting their children because when you go through that, you don't end up just running riot. And I'm not saying that I disagree with the protests. I think that protests needed to happen. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think that things need to change. And I think that things need to be brought to attention. Like you are saying, we should be able to have conversations. But when I just see, I mean, I'm just seeing, I'm seeing white guys running around like with freaking, what is it in Seattle with a automatic rifle in the middle of the town? I'm like, well, who raised that person you to know find I mean? that
0: that was yeah. acceptable, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. and, and they're just losing their shit all the time. And it's just, It's for me, it's like when I react out of anger, I used to think it was strong because I thought that was like the strong response instead of going and saying, you know, you hurt me. I feel this, but now I know better. And when anybody's getting aggressive and angry in that way, besides defending your family or defending your country, then it's already for me, a sign of weakness and a weakness of the fabric of society that young men, especially are no longer able to actually stand up and act like men anymore. I don't know if you agree with that.
0: No, I, I do there, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, some of my friends would, would, would have some pretty strong words on how they, they, they classify that or describe it as, uh, you know, uh, stra- you know, taking away masculinity. I mean, there has been a, a pretty substantial, uh, um, a, a barrage of attacks on masculinity or whatever cl- classical masculinity toxic is. Masculinity. Con- yeah. Toxic masculinity. And, and man, uh, I'm at with a, as a, a dad of four daughters yes, we'll um, get to that as
1: well yeah man i I, I
0: yeah i I completely recognize that my daughters are going to face the object objectification of 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 their bodies of their who they are they're going to get cat called they're going to be treated potentially they're going to be drugged they're going to be you know, they have a potential for being raped. They have a potential, uh, you know, all these for being fired because they're women. I mean, all mm. these things that are are true components of of our society, regardless of whether you're American or German or wherever you're from, this, this type of stuff exists. Um, but, you know, I also believe, um, you know, it's tricky when you talk about the necessity for crucibles, right? the necessities to, for hardship and to what, what, what really makes a difference in our lives when we go through hardship, if, you know, if it's trauma, um, it it leaves a different kind of mark. If you volunteer for it and you're willing, Mm. uh, it's a different kind of mark. Now, uh, they don't, they don't, they don't have in the fine print what going to war does to you long term mm. or what losing friends or, or, or all that stuff. But you, you know, it's a possibility, you know? And I, I remember before I went in, uh, my best friend from high school, this guy, Bud Miller was his name. He was had two tours in Vietnam and I went and sat with him for about four hours and said, you know, what is war like? And it was petrifying the stories he told me. You know, it was like, he's like, and he still lived with it to that, to that day. Um, but the one thing I will tell you that you learn from putting yourself to the test is is you learn to focus on what really matters as it relates to what your purpose is in life, and you know that purpose, uh, whatever it might be, if you really want it, you're going to have to experience some pain in getting it.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, pain. does it have
0: does it have to look like buds for everybody? I hope not, because you don't want <laughs> You don't want that many people that have been through that program honestly it it it, it turns young impressionable men into essentially killers hmm. and you don't want a society of killers running around it's just not healthy for your society You
1: seem pretty nice though man
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've i've worked really hard remember when i went to college at penn state i was i was an art major with a minor in poetry so i'm a hippie yeah, the poetry,
1: it, we'll get onto that as well yeah i'm a hippie No, i know where it you. comes from yeah,
0: yeah exactly <laughs> so and i i knew that i was i was putting that part of my my being in, at jeopardy and that's why i chose to be a medic so i could both take life and, and, uh. and give life back and that was the duality i thought would be Beneficial for me, as it turns out, it, it it didn't have much of an impact, but it it certainly helped ground me considerably to recognize that, you know, hey, whatever happens on the other end of my rifle, you know, my M4 and that round that's moving thirty seven hundred feet per second, uh, I'm gonna have to deal with that, and I'm gonna have to deal with whatever coming back this way does as well too, uh, regardless of of whether I'm my altruism or my my. Uh, you know my humanistic side is is being anchored in my medicine my as a medic but you know the the problem today i think like you said is 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 being able to stand up for your beliefs without the fear of being ostracized from whoever is in charge of society's uh uh, yeah, it's um, funny. You're the the judgment class. Yeah. Whoever is in charge <laughs> of judging, right? You're gonna be subjected to it. It's just the nature of where we're at in in, in civilization, uh, and I think social media has had a profound effect negatively on that. Mm. Um, but um, you, you still have to be willing to stand up for what you believe in, mm. and and if you and if you can articulate your argument, then God bless you. But it better be an argument that's rooted from factual life experience that is relevant to, I think, uh, the hierarchies of pain that we deem uh, valuable. And I also believe that um, it needs to be, uh, there has to be an undertone of empathy that exists. Mm. And so if you can express your Mm. beliefs, but as well as acknowledging the pain of others, you're at a much better position to be able to have a discussion. Um, you know, I, I, I remember when I first started posting videos, man, YouTube has always been the place for just the most nasty vitriolic stuff in the planet. And I remember I used to dig in when I first started and be like, you know, you tell me where you're at and I'm going to come and find, you know, that whole nonsense. And, and I was still dealing with, you know, being in that headspace. And and now I just kind of look at it as as an experiment within the human condition, you know, to really see what people are capable, what drives, what triggers emotion, what doesn't. But yeah, I mean, the the older I get and the more I'm considerate of the impact I need to have from my for my girls, uh, I think I'm I'm reducing that 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 ego-driven uh, necessity to be, uh, you know, the tough guy to be the Navy. SEAL. I mean, I'm, I'm still tough. I still can shoot <laughs> real good. Uh, I'll still scrap with you if you want to scrap, you know, uh, but I'd prefer not sure. to, I don't want, I mean, my, my neck's all jammed up and my back hurts and I'm getting old and I'd much rather prefer if we could just sit down and, and talk about it and figure it out. I mean, that's so much better. I mean, we have proven if we do that, we're, we're way better off
1: but now I know where to get you if I do end up in a fight the back of right? <laughs> I, <laughs> I haven't like been this. in my life. Eh? I, I'm, I'm, I'm like bummed. It's so funny. You kind of like try avoid fights when you're younger. And then like now when I'm looking, like I watch UFC and I see a lot of guys are doing jiu-jitsu. It's like it's like these everybody's into all these martial arts and stuff. And I'm like, shit, man, I didn't, I didn't get in hardly any fights when I was, and it's kind of weird. And it is kind of this human condition you've been, you've been probably studying is a little bit. What is that thing about guys that we, I mean, it's not everybody, but I think most 80% of guys, I think want to be hit in the face subconsciously and want to fight. Like it's, it's like this, and this is the hard part about being men and dads and everything. It's like, there's one thing that society tells you to be. And then there's these drives, like here's my mountain bike behind me. Like why on, God's green earth, am I at the age? Because I used to surf, okay? So that was my thing. Yeah. So there's my board. I used to yeah. surf. So that was my, my thing. I used to go out and get ha- nailed, like, and freaking come up with water running on my nose and almost drowning and things. And then I came to Germany. I was like, okay, let me start mountain biking. So now I'm 42 and now I'm starting on downhill mountain bike. I just got this bike, which is bigger shocks and everything. Beautiful, and like, yeah. Like, down as fast as I can. And my wife is like, you've got four kids, man. What the hell's wrong with you? And it's, <laughs> it's strange, man. We've got this, like, it's this. And this is what I always battle with. It's like, yes, I want to be meek. I want to be mild. I want to be caring. I want to be loving. And I know that these are important characteristics, but somewhere inside me is that, that like little spartan or that that monster kind of wanting to just express itself in some way. And the difference between these masculinity things and um, showing up as a positive as a man and negative as a man is just how you are channeling it, it seems, and how it's showing up. And if you actually don't channel it in like mountain biking or in like hanging out with your mates or getting in a, a, a fight every now and then, or I don't know, going on a massive hike or doing something extreme, or I think even sometimes loving our kids, like to the extreme, it, it get that's where the problem comes because we don't have any like purpose or meaning for this, this thing that, I mean, you've probably read Sapiens as well. Have you read Sapiens?
0: Not yet, but I, it's, it's uh-huh. on my list.
1: It's on Good. my list. Yeah. Well, here it is. Yeah, that's um, that's next. Books. This is what we were like like ten thousand years ago. So <laughs> real you know, soon, it's, real
0: quick, real. And it's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny that you reference it. I literally was just sitting at our kitchen table, and my oldest is twelve. She has a friend over. Uh My fiance's youngest is, is, uh-huh. is eight, and she's sitting there, and we're talking, and and we start talking about purpose and what I teach and all this, and I said you know, uh, you know, I started with Gracie, what are the most essential things we need to focus on in terms of our purpose in life? And what have we focused on through the millennium? And and she's like, huh? And I go survival, right? Where do we get our water? Where do we get our food? How do we clothe our bodies? And how do we stay, you know, safe from the elements? And, and then what was the transitional phase in that? What brought us together collectively and turned tribes into, into societies? And she's like, and I got her to farming. And yeah, and yeah. then out of farming, what happened? And then we started cultivating armies. And mm. regardless of all the advancements we make, regardless, and, and evolution is, is a beautiful thing, right? And regardless of how far we, we think we've come, we we are still programmed. Based on a two million year old, essentially two, three million, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. I mean, Lucy, what she was three million years, and they found bones that are probably four million, whatever. In Africa, I think. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and and you've got this evolutionary process, man, that is rooted in fear, rooted in your limbic system, yeah, rooted rooted in physiology, the biology of the you know your amygdalas and what that does, and then you throw in testosterone and you 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 throw in you throw in really potentially I'd say we'll call it five thousand years of really focused warfare, right? Where we pitted large groups against one another in, in concise strategic tactical ways and to the point of the twentieth century last year where we killed more human beings in the twentieth century than every other century before that. And And you know, you're you can't you're not gonna get rid of it.
1: Mm.
0: It's not going I mean, maybe maybe in another three thousand or ten thousand or twenty thousand years, we'll kind of morph into this because we'll become so technologically proficient that we our bodies have atrophied Mm. and got big heads will look like aliens, whatever the hell that is. But right now, we still have those desires. And we need to be able to satiate those dire desires in a productive way. Productive way, surfing, mountain biking, snowboarding, bungee jumping, whatever it might, being a great act of coaching your kids in sports, um, playing a, a, a physical role in their lives as well as the emotional mental. Mm. Um, and there's also a component, like you said, of, of this combative sensation in us. And so if you're feeling that, man, it's simple go to some gym and sign up for Taekwondo, sign up for Jeet Kundo. sign up for Jiu Jitsu. I, I always recommend the older you are, try Jiu Jitsu first. Striking is, is devastating uh, and not good for your brain. No. Um, but uh. it's in us. Yeah. And it's something that everybody needs to recognize is a part of you and, and it needs to be satiated in some mm. capacity and can be uh, in positive ways other than warfare.
1: But I think that's the whole point is what you were saying about having the conversation. It's just to be real. Like that's all that I want to be. I think that we've got to be patient. We've got to realize that there's this evolutionary drives in everybody. And, and there is a general kind of way that humans have been operating for a long time. Yes, there was obviously the advent of farming, which then changed everything and made us settle down and therefore armies to protect the farms. And then there was us against them. And you know, slavery, different people had slaves and different people attacked each other and the Persians and, you know, Alexander then with the Macedonians, it, you know, it's just happened through history. But this is the thing is that it's hard to convince people or to help people to just stop and look at history and to actually read a bit of history and understand that, you know, it's not that patriarchy and men are terrible and this is whatever. It, it, it's come through like thousands of years of programming of the brain, as you said, and it's not going away immediately by vilifying and calling it toxic masculinity and trying to like tame that thing and, as I said, vilify it. Instead of understanding that there's a way that a society can work better, does that need to excuse me being an asshole or does that need to excuse men catcalling, as you said? Like, no, I, I have two daughters myself. I have a wife, I, I have girl, well, girlfriends, that sounds bad. I have friends that are yeah. girls or yeah. colleagues that I respect and I want them to have the best life possible. And, but that doesn't change that I'm a guy and that I'm a man and that, that, that those drives from long ago are still, are still within a lot of guys and to vilify it and not to go, well, hey, how do we work together? Because that's what I never understood is like we, we kind of need each other. If you look at a marriage, like, you know what it's like, you've been married once, you've been divorced, you've, you, you've got a fiance, as you said, I'm, I'm the same, I've been divorced, I've got, a, I've got a girlfriend, I have, it sounds so lame calling it a girlfriend, I always call <laughs> it a wife because we've got two kids together,
0: Yeah, but yeah. it's like,
1: that, how our family works the best, and that's why the family is such a beautiful picture of society, it's like, how does a family work best? When people are performing roles, doesn't mean that I I cooked dinner last night, I changed a nappy. up, you know, it doesn't mean that that's how that one person I baked a cake, dude. My third cake was good. Lemon sponge, lemon sponge cake. But you know Uh. what I mean? It doesn't matter. It's it's like we can still it's still but I still want to mount a bike and I still want to fix the thing and I wanna build my tree house. And that doesn't mean my wife because we often laugh because sometimes I'm holding the baby and she's digging holes in the garden, and I was like, There's something wrong with this picture, and we just joke about it. You know, we're finding it, but we're still finding our Way like that. I grew up in South Africa. I grew up in a very patriarchal society, a, a, a racist society, a society with very, you know, manly culture with rugby and all sports and bry and beer and everything. And I think I've changed a radical amount since my childhood and grown so much into a man who is so open-minded.
0: One generation, one generation.
1: Yeah.
0: One generation. Think about that. In one generation, and and look at where you are in Germany. All right? Should 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 we start? You know, pointing the fingers, and, and and I understand that you guys just got rid of the SKS over there. Uh, that was a, a news story I saw on the BBC. What's the that SKS, it's Maybe. the German special forces anti-terrorism unit over there. Okay. I've worked with those guys. I also worked with the Femmas before. I mean, okay, you know, you know, and you you go. All right, do we want to cancel masculinity? I mean. Look what happens, and in, in, in one of the thing, one of the major problems we're dealing with in these, you know, urban environments in our in our country, high in the highest crime environments. I mean, look at Chicago, right? What was it? Over a hundred people were killed on Father's Day, or shot on Father's Day weekend, was something like Jeepers. not only fourteen people were killed. We're we're at astronomical levels of, of crime in Chicago, in St. Louis. And uh New York has gone up over four hundred percent since last year, right and And one of the primary things that not I, but guys like uh, 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 Thomas Sewell and, and Larry elders and, and some mm. of these very conservative uh, black thinkers uh, have suggested is one of the most important things is that seventy percent of these urban families there's no father present. Yeah exactly okay so you're telling me uh, everybody acknowledges that because fathers aren't present uh, our kids are acting like buffoons but now you're saying when you're present you're the buffoon cuz you're you're masculine you're you're act like a you try and teach these protective measures of of making sure your family's good and being the leader of the family yeah. and all and it's like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> now I'm confused as hell. Like, what do you um, what you, you want fathers in there, but you don't want fathers to be fathers, or they can't be this kind of father? And so it's all up in the air. And this is not stuff like I said. We can conscientiously shift rapidly, but in terms of the biology. I mean, we're talking thousands of years, and and as long as you have testosterone flowing flowing through your body, as long as you've been exposed uh, uh, on a on a on a multitude of levels to uh, what manly things are, you're 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 a man, right? And I mean, hell, my brother's a perfect example, right? My brother's homosexual, big in the LGBT community, uh, big mm. advocate. Uh, and you look and 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 he's in the fashion industry. But man, he was captain of his football team in high school, right? Cool. And he went out there, and he would lower his head and put the put the heat, and and he did that because he enjoyed it. He enjoyed it It had nothing to do with whether his sexuality, but he enjoyed that kind of physical contact. He enjoyed that kind of competition, Mm -hmm. you know. And and so it it, we have to recognize that certain aspects of our, our biology uh play a relevant role in how we think and how we act. It's just, mm. it's just,
1: man, it's just evolution. Maybe I can ask you this question. Let's see. Sure. I haven't really uh, touched on fatherhood enough. I mean I always love it. I always come on the show and I have these like notes. And then at the end of the show I'm like, what? Okay, two of those I got to because <laughs> it just develops. It's kind of interesting. There's some guys it just goes and it flows. But one thing I was wondering is You know, like the Romans used to, like Julius Caesar used to introduce so to the Celts. For instance, he used to introduce like the creature comforts of life, like wine and certain things to the tribes. Okay. And then the tribes used to take them. But because they weren't organized anymore, they lost their kind of barbarism. They became soft and then he would just roll over them. Now, this is, I'm not saying the conspiracy theorist. Brilliant tactic, by
0: the way. Brilliant tactic. But...
1: (laughs) But isn't this an awesome tactic of the East? Because look what's happening, in, and this is just a question. Everybody that's listening, don't lambast me for this because it's a question <laughs> I'm asking now because I'm interested. If the West continues on the path that we're going, vilifying masculinity, trying to make manliness as well, um, vilifying these characteristics of being tough or being strong or whatever of these things that we've been talking about, don't you think that there's a danger of the West West becoming so soft that eventually we're going to be the easiest target for either the East or China to just roll over us? because in a few decades or something, there won't be many warriors left or any tough, tough enough men to really stand up to them. Because in the East, as far as I can see, the relationship of men to women and everything is so extremely opposite to what we are living, where there's a patriarchy to the nth degree. Um, and that's not changing anytime soon.
0: I, I that that's a big question and it's a it's Very the big, right yeah. it's it's the right question we need to be asking at least uh you know I think one of the big questions this needs to be and it's a hundred percent a hundred percent right that if if you do not think that that countries are still vying for power you're out of your mind you're lying to yourself right um and, and the fact that if you don 't believe that China is actively trying to become the most mm. dominant country in the world you're you're out of your mind. I mean, you guys just released intelligence saying that uh you know uh, China withheld information from almost back in November. Your intelligence apparatus released that a few what, last month and saying that China withheld critical data from its origination point, where it went, where it's going, uh, the number. I mean, if you look at China's death rate on the, the, the Johns COVID, Hopkins, yeah. the COVID yeah. thing hasn't moved. It's been at 83,000 deaths <laughs> for like two months. Oh, just magically poof went away in the most populated, you know, country in the world. So, you know, that's a reality. And when you take, you know, you, 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 you get a little distance from the the profound uh, challenges of, of a, a Putin in office until 2036, um, you know, you're starting to go, wait a minute, what's happening here, man? And, and I just saw something that he was uh, trying to manipulate uh, oil prices again. He's freaking out about America, North American OPEC, the new one that Trump's starting to create mm-hmm. with our own oil systems and Uh, You know, and all these things play a major role in how it affects, you know, if you're China, right, and over the last 30 years, you brought 500 million peasants into what they consider middle class and moved into these mega cities. Hmm. Now, all of a sudden, your GDP bottoms out because, uh, you, you know, finally someone woke up and adjusted these horrific trade negotiations that only benefited the Chinese, uh, you know, it it you start to go. Wait, 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 what What? Well, how is that? Po- I mean, that's not right. And and then you take the step back and you say, well, let's get rid of the police.
1: <laughs> oh yes, the defunding the police. Yeah.
0: Let's get rid of the very thing that enables all societies to function, which is an apparatus of government that uh, can uh, uh, arrest stop vi stop crime, arrest, prosecute, imprison, and hopefully, you know, rehabilitate. I mean, that's what you're you're going for. And with the size of our countries and and you know what America's coming up on 320 million human beings, I mean, certainly not the biggest, but incredibly complex because of all the diversity we have. And now all of a sudden you're saying you want to get rid of the police because all police are racist including black police.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I see that, yeah.
0: I, how does that work? How do, how, how do you, and, and you look at all these cities where all this craziness right. has happened. They're all run by Democratic, you know, governors and mayors. And, and many of these places have black black mayors. They have black chief of mm. police. All the women chief of police. And so you're like, wait, well, hold on. Wait, what? And they've been there for the last 30 years. You're like, well, maybe, wait a minute, maybe we got to reconsider vilifying the people that actually keep us safe and that's the consideration that people aren't doing right now because everybody's in this social justice uh wave of consciousness we we want we want everybody to apologize for everything that's ever been done Hmm. all right well okay i'm gonna apologize right here on your show first time ever i want to apologize to the world for how horrific the world's been to each other since the dawn of of conception. All right? Mm-hmm. I want to apologize. So, are we vindicated? Can we move on now? Cuz like you
1: it you know, made a difference to me, no. Thanks. Well, thank you.
0: Thank you. Well, and like <laughs> so think about you, like you growing up in that society, yeah. getting to where you're at now and changing in one generation. I'm the same way, man. My parents were liberals from University of Michigan and And that's how I grew up and and you know I've become more conservative because I, I recognize the importance of, of of foreign policy and and foreign policy is is a big deal for conservatives overseas, and then I, economics, right? making sure we have strong economy that boosts everybody's opportunities. so I, I'm probably more of an independent libertarian than anything, whatever that means <laughs> but but um you know, if we take away the apparatus that allows uh, the free speech to take place, um, then we have real problems. And part of that apparatus is governed by men, right? And and, and the men have, throughout history, been the protectors. We've rogered up for the armies. We've rogered up to fight evil and and every context, wherever it is, whatever side you believe you're on. I mean, men are drawn to certain ideologies which have them raise their, and they're willing to fight for what they believe in, and thank God for it. I mean, imagine if all of a sudden, you know, which is very real possibility, this next generation uh, decides they don't want to serve in your country, in my country, and in other countries, because when you have the ability for China to flip a switch and have 300 million people, men, Report to the government to create a standing army. Nobody's ever seen that in human history. I mean, you want to talk about the the atrocities of the Chosan Reservoir uh, in the Korean War when waves of Chinese soldiers were running at Marines and Army personnel, waves of human beings, five straight hours of automatic weapons just mowing human beings down, and they kept coming. Think about 300 million people keep coming. And that's a real possibility. So do we want to hammer masculinity? Do we want to drive? Do we want to make people afraid to want to step up to these very, very, if we don't have policing, if we don't have armies, if we don't have this, people will destroy each other like it's nothing.
1: But it's interesting. I mean, yeah, we're running out of time, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's gone forever. I want to ask you, man, can we not reschedule another episode of this? Ah, it's been absolutely. fascinating. Maybe we could get on to talking about raising girls more and fatherhood and frog logic because there's, there's so much to talk about. But this has just been so fascinating for me to hear from you. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I agree. And I think that, when you take kids into the perspective, I've got four, you got four. When you know you got boys, I got boys and girls, you got girls, then you just know how valuable some of those aspects of being a man are in both of their lives. You know, if you go on my Instagram, you'll see my daughter's a beast. You know, she goes mountain biking. and she's, she beats up my son regularly. Don't tell him I said that
0: <laughs> fight. she doesn't beat him
1: up, but she, but she, but she doesn't back down at all. And, and I think it's great. I think that, that they also pick up those characteristics from us. They pick up those characteristics of that from us and God in the world. And I want my daughter to not be a victim. I posted the last time about my, I don't think this girl's ever going to be a victim because you, you teach them that. And that's the thing is when you put kids in the perspective and you stop just looking at the world and what's happening, as a dad, you look at the world and you're like, what kind of world do I want my kids to grow up in? What do I want my kids to learn from me? How, How is, what are the characteristics that help me to show up for my kids? And a lot of them are the characteristics of masculinity and true masculinity. And it's the same thing as, as you were saying, you know, it's a, with a police force. It's like, I don't know, people seem to want perfection. But like, I don't know, I've been in marriage. I've had loads of great friends. I know perfection doesn't exist anyway. even though you guys train to be the best military, you know, training in the world. I know that you guys weren't perfect when you went into, you know, things didn't go perfect, you know, from what I've heard. And that's what seems to be the problem is we're looking for this utopia. And we're not realizing a life is not like that. life is not a, a, a wish concert where it's just like, well, I want to be able to do this and this and that. And I want it to have perfect. I've looked at my life, you know, I'm a white guy, but I've had my son almost die. I've been divorced. I've been poor as a child, you know, now I'm not comparing that to some of the stuff i've almost been stabbed to death by guys after work you know And i'm just saying life is life is tough man and very in, tough and we need to we need to stop like for me it's it's the same thing as racism where we put everybody in one like these people are african-americans and that's what that means all these people are chinese and this is what it means it's like it's the same thing now it's like oh well, these are men masculinity shit police crap um such and such bad, whereas actually there's so much more nuance and probably so much more positive, but because it's not perfect and we see the bad aspects of it, you know, suddenly we vilify all these things and throw them out. And I think we rob our children of a bright future that is just, I really do believe that a bright future is not that far away for our kids if we can navigate this somehow properly as adults Hundred percent, or not.
0: I I think what you just said was was pure gold, there, brother. I mean, it's it's exactly right. And you and you start to go, all right. What do I want my children to know? And for me, the first thing, the hardest thing to tell them is that life is hard. Life is going to kick you over and over. I call it the negative insurgency, right? And that insurgency is hunting you every single day. Mm-hmm. And whether it's in your self-confidence or yes, your fears exactly. or whatever it might be, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to hound you. And it, and it can very well present itself in actual evil because I've seen evil. Mm. Uh, and we see it every day around the world. It's, it's present uh, just by the, uh, the reality that you have to acknowledge that let's just call 2% of the world's population are psychopaths. That's a substantial number, and let's call 15, 12 to 15 percent ha- are sociopaths. So just with that alone, yeah. you are going to face some substantial challenges. Now throw in mental health, throw in uh, significant child trauma, yes. throw in oppression, throw in uh, 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 alco- you know addictions, throw in drugs, throw in crime, throw in cultural adaptation to, to criminal behavior. And and those numbers just keep in, in in getting bigger. So, yes, do I want my daughters to have the fairy tale? Uh, yeah, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bullshit them and say, hey, this is the fairy tale, and and none of once you get this, none of this exists. I I would I couldn't do it, and so I'm gonna say, hey, you know, you aspire to 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 through hard work, determination, education. Uh, great work ethic uh, uh, compassion, empathy uh, relationships are the most fundamental important thing we have in our lives through all these things you know work on per- getting as close to you know the pursuit of perfection in all of these things mm, yeah. don 't ever forget that this is real, and yeah. this is 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 around every corner it 's out outside every door and now my my problem is is how do I do that without turning my kids into You know, they're always in this (laughs) hyper state of vigilance, right? They're, you know, they're always in this reactivity ready to, you know, pull out their knife and stab somebody in the eyeball, you know? And, And so that's the subtle line we walk because as we, as we all, anybody who's searching for the truth in some capacity, really trying to understand how to answer the question, who am I and why am I here? Right. What purpose, what role do I serve on this earth and thank god we've had a lot of people spend a lot of time on 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 trying to figure these things out right Some yeah. really brilliant people have tried to figure out from physics to philosophy to psychology to science uh, you, you name it we 're really working hard to try and yeah. find these these answers unfortunately one of the one of the the, the the most steadfast realities to the human condition is that we have a propensity to destroy each other. Mm. And, and that's the truth. We have a wonderful ability to love one another, but we also have a, a huge uh, propensity to destroy. And when you have things like nuclear weapons at play, th- this is not to be taken lightly. So everybody plays a role in turning the flame down a bit and, and, and getting in there and doing the work who do exactly what you said with our children with our friends and our families to say hey hey it's okay if you think differently let's let's sit down to try and help each other understand And if we just get to a place where we can just agree to disagree and still respect one another that's the deal
1: yeah.
0: and we've got to just keep trying
1: yeah we don't even i mean we don't have to even like each other you know there's not this there's some other thing that everybody just like each other that's not what's going to bring bring about It's it's kind of just accepting each other but, um, yeah, I mean, acceptance. yeah,
0: uh, that's the biggest thing. I'm so happy you said that word. That's what it is. You know, like you said, I don't have to like this person, but I got to accept that they have an equality, a place in society. There's, and as long as they're not hurting me, my family or anybody else, man, they've got the right to speak their mind. Mm-hmm. They've got the right to practice their own religion. They've mm-hmm. got the right to stand by their social and cultural beliefs. They've got that right. They just don't have the right to force it down my throat. Yeah,
1: But I mean, I think it comes just to listening, you know, and through podcasting and stuff. It's something that I've wanted to work on. I'm not doing that great at it still. I know that I can be a better listener and not talk as much. But I think this is just the, the problem at the moment is how many people are willing to just sit down and listen to what someone has to say and without reacting on the first thing they say that they don't that they don't agree with. Because once you did, like, like what I was saying to Adian, this transgender dad, was when I came into that, you know, I came from a very conservative background, very Christian background. My dad is very anti-homosexual and these kind of things. And my mind was just, you know, changed by not just him, but uh, my kids kindergarten teacher also came out and I just saw it from a totally different perspective. And to think that I'm like that now is almost unbelievable from the background that I had. And I think that's, that's what it just takes is listening, empathy, sitting there. And, and I think what it is, is a song by sting. Maybe, you know, it, was uh, Russians. I don't know if you ever heard the song Russians by where he it says it's, it's such a terrible thing to do if the Russians love their children too. And this is dad strong. And, the, and that's the thing. We all, we all love our kids. You know, they love their kids over there. We love our kids. And for some reason, we don't seem to be able to work this out for them. So hopefully um, this can go some way to whoever dads are, to opening minds and just opening ears and helping us to, you know, realize everybody loves their kids.
0: All we need is one, right? All we need is one human being that listens to this show that stops for a second and says, wow, do I really love my children? And am I really doing enough to to teach them the the skill sets that are going to make them healthy, that are going to give them the resilience, the perseverance to be able to stay in the fight for our collective existence? Because if you don't believe that that's in the balance, always then you're 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 being ignorant and you're not allowing yourself to recognize the substantial nature of what is as far back as I mean as recently as as World War II, man. I mean World War II, 70 million human beings perished. 70 million human beings. Hmm. That I mean and, and not to, not to you, know, I, 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 you know, we have a tendency in terms of, of body count ratios from the military is to look at it a little bit different, almost cold-hearted, if you will. But, you know, I, I was doing the statistics uh, just before I got on because Florida were having a, a massive spike in, in positive cases. Um, but in Palm Beach County alone, we have 1.497 million people in Palm Beach County, the county I live in, and we've had 523 deaths. So since this started, it comes out to 0.0000007 is our mortality rate. But yet, if you turn on the news, uh, you know, people are feeling like Florida is about ready to burst into flames and people are going to just be walking along the street just dying like the walking dead or something like that. And it's just not the case. Mm -hmm. And so it's critical that in the midst of all... Of, of these questions and then what what's hanging in the balance that we again slow down you know let's agree on some facts let's just even if it's one fact man one fact let's just let's just talk about that fact so we can understand how we dialogue better learn from each other what's important what's not important what your value system is what mine is what your core beliefs what mine are and then f- you know figure out a a tempo of our discussion that's not threatening and that unfortunately takes time and it and in in, in the world we live in now man it's it seems like uh everybody's uh wants to run to their deaths
1: which is an unfortunate reality well i mean when people argue who eat meat or a vegan can't get along then you know that the people are just can't even get along because of what they eat then we uh, we need to we need to take some things but anyways brew uh I really dig that, man. I was looking forward to this podcast a long time, and it was uh, it was didn't let me down at all. But so let's um, hopefully we can reschedule a part two to actually talk about parenting more. But I
0: absolutely, I think it was
1: interesting because I wanted to get down to these things because I think they do, they are related. Obviously, our kids grow up in this world. This is what's going to happen. These are the things that are impacting our kids. This is what my kids get told by their teachers. You know, they hear different things. They hear things from me and. I think it's very important to, to actually discuss these things and to get dads because if we are freaking out and being bigots and over emotional and going down rabbit holes and wasting our time on Facebook, I mean, how do you have time to fucking argue on a Facebook <laughs> or Instagram when you've got kids? Like, don't just stop. When you're arguing in that thing and you're getting angry with frog logic because he made a black square, ask yourself, <laughs> why do I have time for this? That is a much better question. Then why did he post that black square?
0: <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I hope we can figure that out, brother. And and every little bit helps. Every 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 one of these podcasts, these long form podcasts, where people are sharing ideas and and having and having discussions, is, is essential. And and that's why it's critical that you you know you, you like you said you have a transgender dad. Come on, uh, you know I've I've had my my brother and his partner on. Um, I had an African American Army Ranger on to talk about this next week. I'm having an African-American Navy seal on um, and I'm, you know, I I had a bunch of cops on and I'm going to have first responders on and I'm going to have politicians on. And, and it's just about, you know, from both sides. And it's just about really saying, you know, Hey, if we get enough people out there saying, Hey, we we, let's talk, let's figure it out. Let's figure out how to talk. and, And they see that it's not in two minute snippets on, CNN or Fox or BBC or whatever. Uh, and we can have these longer discussions to where we can take these incredibly complex concepts, I mean, really complicated yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. We need time yes, to discuss them, exactly, you know. Yeah. So I'm I'm all about the uh, uh, doing a, a round two with you, brother. I I just I love your style. I listen to a bunch of your shows. Uh, oh, cool. <laughs> and and uh, um, I'm just I, I love the the idea about uh, the cohesion uh, that that rests in dads, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, and our our mission in life. If you're a good dad, or you're trying to be a good dad. Uh, is your children mm. and and your and your spouse or your significant other or whoever to try and be the best you can be, mm. and and if we can somehow create a narrative for people to try and emulate or even contemplate, much like what what Viktor Frankl talks about, right, is is in the midst of of the complete mm. desecration of dignity that was displayed in in in, in the concentration camps of Nazi Germany you know, that man was able to uh, uh, rebuild his consciousness through the very simple construct of love and what that meant And, and recognizing that you cannot demolish another human being's love no matter what. You can't. I mean, you can drive it down as low as possible, but it's in there. And if we just, if we launch from that point, man, at least we can have a talk
1: yeah and i think that dads is the big thing like that i think people are forgetting to just focus on is like the father fatherhood thing when you look at the stats like you talked about it's it's so clear like let's stop fighting against us let's 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 teach dads how to stay let's educate children let's put up better schools let's let's educate people in parenthood let's let's help people to make better decisions when they just jump into bed with anybody and and have these kids that then don't have don't have fathers who are just running away because if you look at the stats it's like that and i think it's totally what is inside us. It's like the world around us. You're talking about it's not a fairy tale, and there's lots of things that are going to come. Like I've had it before, almost been killed before in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. But it's what's inside that is actually the real thing to beat, and and we all have it. You know, whether we black, white, Chinese, whatever, whatever you, you, me, we all have to fight these things that are within us. And I think when we're able to start doing that, like you say, Viktor Frankl, we start realizing it doesn't matter what my situation is. If he can do it, and that's why I love to read those things. If Leonidas can get up and fight with a freaking 300 against overwhelming odds and just still be like standing there like stoically or Mandela can do what he did or Viktor Frankl can go through the concentration camps with his dignity and with meaning, and surely I can just suck it up and, and be a better dad, be a better man. So, dude, Amen. so cool, man. Love yeah, this. Yeah,
0: thank you, brother
1: so that wraps up my conversation with david rutherford as you can see that podcast went on quite long and there was so much to talk about very fascinating guy really knowledgeable and really a good heart for helping us to move forward in a positive way in this world and the situations we find ourselves in so i hope you got a lot out of that hope you want to share that with a lot of guys and as i said we'll be heading for episode number two with david talking more about fatherhood topics but i think it's important to discuss these things and current events they definitely affect our way that we do step up as fathers and so forth so thanks for joining us guys really appreciate it remember to develop that strong mind that strong body and really focus on developing strong characters so that we can lead more effectively love more actively and leave a legacy so until next time be dad strong